Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Got a tie basketball game in the set. I was about to say the city of the, I don't know what I was going to say. The, the Valley of the Sun. There we go. And rolls off your tongue. Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Game one of that second round series in the Western Conference. That is Jeff Parles. I am Tim Murray. We'll talk to George Shahuri, the PFF Falcons. Uh, I don't know how they're feeling uh, about them today, whether or not they're still high on them, um, but Julio Jones is a member of the Tennessee Titans, so we will get his thoughts on on that trade here momentarily. But the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns all tied at 48. Nikola Jokic, easy bucket down low. He's got 12 right now for the Denver Nuggets as they have a two-point lead under four minutes to go. So uh, some work to be done for Mr. Jokic if you want the over to hit in that one. And... Your guy, Chris Paul, just uh, diamond it up. That was his seventh assist. And can we pull up the double-double board real quick? Because, I mean, Jeff Parles, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, he's he's feeling his oats right now. You know, pregame, he's talking about how, you know, I'm an idiot. Why would I ever bet the bucks? What's wrong <laughs> with me? You know, he should be hosting this show. Uh, but Chris Paul... Plus 225, and uh, you said that would be a good look. Already seven assists for Chris Paul. Uh, you need the points, you but I think it. the points will get there. Uh, I don't. This isn't Draymond Green we're talking about. So 5.7 assists, good start if you uh, followed his advice and took plus 225 on the double-double for Chris Paul. Well, again, the uh, the VEASAN host lean that is not bet by said VEASAN host. <laughs> looking pretty good right now. Uh, impressive run by Phoenix right now because Denver really had controlled most of this game so far. And big run here by Phoenix. They have their biggest lead of three right now. And 
53 to 50, and Mikael Bridges uh, uh, up to up to 10 points, the uh, leading scorer for the Phoenix Suns so far, the Villanova product. So 53 to 50, we got immediate timeout, 3:34 to go in the second quarter. Uh, let's get to uh, the Canadiens headed on to the Stanley Cup playoff semifinals. I don't. It's yeah, that, that, that's the best way to do it. All right. They're headed to the semifinals. They will get the winner of VGK and Colorado. That we know because it will be reseeded. The two best teams in the NHL record-wise this year were Colorado and Las Vegas. And as you have hint, uh, as you have mentioned, this was a Canadiens team who went 24-21 and 11. <laughs> which I still, I mean, look, I guess you get a point for going to overtime, but they had 32 losses this year, and they are heading to the semifinals. Uh, but uh, there was one shop that had 12 to one for the Canadians to sweep the Winnipeg Jets, and they did just that. Tyler Toffoli gets the game winner, the series ender, and the Montreal Canadiens can say with pride that they are the kings of the North as they win the Canadian division, a minute 39 into overtime, and uh, that is the game winner for the Canadiens, and they will sit back and wait for Colorado and Vegas to finish. Well, and just like we expected, the Canadian uh, North uh, Divisional pod that started uh, legitimately a week after yeah. the entire rest of the playoffs yeah, uh, has the fun? first team advancing to the semifinal in Montreal. Good for the Canadiens, who, again, uh, struggled through this whole season, Tim, and and gotten hot at the right time. Again, they have not trailed since the end of Game 4 against Toronto, so now seven games in a row they have not trailed. And, uh, again, we're on pace for like one of the best stretches in Stanley Cup playoff history from one of the worst teams ever to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. To put this into perspective, 16 teams made this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, same as every year. The Canadiens, points-wise, the worst. 59 points. Two teams who missed the postseason this year had more points than the Montreal Canadiens. Mm -hmm. The Dallas Stars had 60. The New York Rangers had 60 as well. So the Canadiens, because it's the Stanley Cup, folks. And in 2010, I watched the Canadiens as the eighth seed take care of my Capitals as the one seed, Yaroslav Halak. And they went to the conference finals that year. That was the uh, seven versus eight uh, Eastern Conference final. Canadians on. Julio Jones moving on as well. We'll talk more about that right now. Jeff Parles to my left, Tim Murray with you. It is the nightcap here on a Monday evening, uh, live in Las Vegas at the Circus Sportsbook. And uh, Mr. Campazzo just keeps getting buckets. That has been the story of the postseason. He's got 11 here tonight for the Denver Nuggets. And just as we mentioned, hey, the Nuggets are playing pretty well. A, a nice run to take a 53-50 lead. That lead is gone, and we've got an 8-0 run by the Denver Nuggets, 58-53. to The Nuggets leading Nikola Jokic just hit his first three of the game, so he's sitting with 15 points right now, Jeff. Yeah, that Jokic guy's pretty good, too. Yeah, he does uh, all right. No, uh, no doubt on that, but this is, if this game is any indication of what this series is going to be, this is going to be a very fun series. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and we'll see uh, if this lead holds 
what the series price would readjust to and if people would want to take a, a shot at the Phoenix Suns as Compazzo. Oh, almost I was going to say, if you made that one, just shut it down. Just shut it down. Well, the Julio uh, Jones, I think some people are saying shut down the AFC South because it's all over. They are unstoppable down there in Tennessee. Um, but as we just talked to Paul Kuharski, uh, he said, yeah, I, I think they're the best team in the AFC South, but it wasn't like he was sitting it with, uh, with massive conviction. And let's bring in good friend of the program. Uh, it is George Shahuri at PFF underscore George. George, Julio Jones goes to Tennessee. Uh, I know that you and Eric uh, have talked so highly of Arthur Smith, who is no longer in Tennessee. He's now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so when you look at this Tennessee Titans team, uh, they are a around plus 110 or so to win the uh, the AFC South. How much better does this acquisition make them to claim that division in 2021? Yeah, man, it's such a tough question because it, Julio Jones, we see this with NFL players all the time, where a guy is bigger than life, mm -hmm. right, for so much of his career. I mean, Julio Jones has been a top three graded receiver basically since anyone can remember football, right? And that's how good he's been. Um, he's consistently the, the most efficient guy on a per-route basis. He's probably the guy that every cornerback is going to mention in terms of, like, I don't want to cover this guy. But you look at, you know, okay, he's getting older, he missed games last year, and you wonder, you go, okay, can he stay on the field? So that's the first question, right? Can he stay on the field? If he's on the field, he's still a top five to top ten guy, depending on his health. There's no doubt about that. So you look at that duo and you go, yeah, if they're healthy, could A.J. Brown and Julio Jones be one of the best, maybe top two, top three duos in the NFL from a pass-catching standpoint? And that is a yes as well. But here's the thing. There's 11 players on offense and 11 players on defense that you need to be a division winner. And I think that's where the question mark comes in. This defense is, I mean, average would be really kind, right? <laughs> They're not good. They lost their cornerbacks. You can't, if you can't cover in this league, like you can make some average guys. There's some good athletes out there who will look like Julio Jones if you can't cover. I know they drafted Caleb Farley. You've seen what, you know, highly touted corners can do in their rookie year. I and mean, just look at Jeff Okuda, um, who got roasted last year. Trayvon Diggs, another good example of that. So I wouldn't expect him to come in and solve things right away. And then you look at the offense and you go, Arthur Smith, who has been continuously a, a top three or five play caller using PFS metrics for coaches above what their players would you'd expect with that group of players. He's always scheming above that. They were the most efficient offense on first and second down passing plays uh, over the last two seasons. He's gone. We have not seen Todd Downing do that. In fact, when we have seen Todd Downing as an offensive coordinator, it has not been pretty. Now, I reserve, you know, that just adds variance to the picture. So I do believe that they're high-end. They have a, a better high-end than the Colts. But if you're betting this right now, I think there's a lot of volatility with the Titans that you're probably not you know, getting priced correctly into the market. You know, if I had to pick one, I would. I guess I would side with the Titans because of the Carson Wentz thing. Um, but I, I do think people are jumping a little bit hastily to the Titans immediately becoming 
you know, a dynamic Super Bowl contender. I think they're right there with the Colts. I think that price is pretty fair, um, and I would give the slightest of edges, the slightest of edges to the Titans because, because they have the better quarterback and they have the better superstars. But, you know, it, it takes more than three players, four players to win it all. George, just uh, j- just keeping it with, with with this discussion on the AFC South, and and you brought it up a little bit because you, even before this trade, this whole the whole handicap for me of even with all the questions defensively, and and there are a ton of them as you outlined there with Tennessee, Carson Wentz is still the biggest unknown in this division. Of can he possibly recapture any of the magic that he had? Uh, in his past uh, in Philadelphia before he turned into a bottom 10 quarterback this past year. Do you foresee him even just turning into a league average quarterback? And do you think him as a league average quarterback would put Indy in front of Tennessee with all those defensive issues for the Titans? Well, a league average quarterback would be about what the Colts had last year, Mm -hmm. you know, in Philip Rivers at the, at the tail end of his career. Um, I think league average is a fair place. I think a lot of the narrative, though, is that he's going to return to MVP caliber play, right, which is, which is a far cry. Now, I'll give you the reasoning as to why you might say he can do it. And it starts with the Indianapolis Colts' best unit. We just uh, released our offensive line rankings uh, on PFF.com today. I've got to think they're the most thorough that you will find anywhere because I don't know anyone else who's grading every offensive lineman at every snap. And uh, whether you're doing that or not, if you watch football, you probably have a sense the Colts are up there. The Colts have our number two ranked offensive line. That is reminiscent of when Carson Wentz did play well, right? He was comfortable on third downs, had a ridiculous year in 2017. I want to say third down pass rating like 110. It was nuts. That could be replicated. I wouldn't bet on it personally, but like that's the narrative there. The Colts have an elite offensive line. They don't have particularly elite weapons. They have a very solid defense, and those things are all good. But what it does, it keeps pointing back to, okay, the quarterback has to you know, raise the tie. He can't just be waiting for the players to bring him up. So I think the one thing he has going for it that offensive line will be reminiscent of what he had in Philadelphia, and now it's like, can you throw the ball accurately, or is your brain, you know, broken? So it's like, you know, which thing do you feel more comfortable in? Is it Carson Wentz getting back on the horse, or is it the Tennessee Titans, you know, finding a way on defense, Julio Jones staying healthy, a third, you know, weapon emerging, those sorts of questions. Talking once again to George Sahuri, and it's interesting, um, you know, different shops here in Vegas, uh, Jeff, I mean, here at Circa, uh, Colts even money, Titans plus 120. And I think the one that stands out the most is the Westgate Superbook still has Titans plus 150 and the Colts at minus 120. So I ask this to you, George, just talent-wise. Let's remove the quarterback um, just, just for this argument's sake. The other 52 players on these two respective teams, who has more talent, Tennessee or Indianapolis? And that, that's a great question. I, I would, you know, if you take the quarterback out, mm-hmm. um, it, it's such a team sport, man. I, I will go, you have to go with the Colts. As much, A.J. Brown is a freak of nature. Uh, 
Julio Jones, when healthy, is a freak of nature. Look, I'll throw Derrick Henry in there, and I got a, a little bit of an argument with someone today. It was like, you don't give Derrick Henry enough respect what he does to the play-action game. It's like, no, no, no. You're not giving the play-action game enough respect for what it does to offenses. You look at the NFL, the top five, something, the running backs are either guys off the street or, you know, good players. It doesn't matter. So you've got to give that one a little bit of a grain of salt. So I would go with the Colts there. I'll say this, though. If I'm getting plus 150 and I am considering the quarterback there, Ryan Tannehill is a hell of a lot better than Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. Like, you know, go watch some of the throws that he's making. It's not just Derrick Henry, you know, causing defenses to collapse on themselves. He is throwing dimes. And Julio Jones, when healthy, is a big upgrade over Corey Davis. And that's, you know, it's tough for me to say that because, like, three weeks ago, one of my favorite bets was the Titans no on making the playoffs. So, you know, some of these things that you bet early in the offseason, especially the futures, you tie your money up for, you know, five months, and now you're sitting here wondering how you're going to get out of it or what to do with it. Well, and George, I know you and Eric have talked so much about Arthur Smith, and we don't know uh, the answer, but um, just from from what you guys have broken down, how big of a loss is it for Tennessee? Are people accounting enough for the loss of Arthur Smith from Tennessee? I do not think so. And, and the reason that I don't think they are is – I think people see an offensive scheme and they go, yeah, it, it can be replicated. You just do the same thing. And there's a couple of problems with that. I'll point to the Cincinnati Bengals, who, yes, don't have as much talent as the L.A. Rams, but there's no way that that offense is exactly what Sean McVay is doing in Los Angeles. Um, you'll see it in, in New York, you know, this year with the Jets. It's not going to be Kyle Shanahan's offense, you know, exactly. It's going to take a little bit of a hit, you know, even though – uh, his former um, offensive coordinator or offensive assistant is going there in, in the younger LaFleur. Arthur Smith had a great scheme, and he called plays that were great in the time that they were called. And those two skills should not be totally wiped out or underrated in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I think it's a pretty big loss. And, um, you know, you'll see in Atlanta – like, for example, am I falling apart because I bet the Atlanta over? Absolutely not. I mean, I got it at over seven, so, you know, I feel great about that. But, like, losing Julio Jones makes them less likely to win the Super Bowl, certainly. Does it make them that much less likely to win eight games? I don't really think so, man, because Arthur Smith is going to bring an efficient offense they honestly haven't had in a long time, and they still have offensive talent there. So, um, Arthur Smith is a big loss, man. He has done great things in Tennessee. Georgia, uh, that was exactly where I was going to go next, actually. Just the, the, the ramifications for the Falcons where, look, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I don't think uh, if you're looking at a, at a win total, you're just getting a better, better juice on a 7.5 now. You're getting even money as opposed to laying the minus 135 that you had to before the trade. But, uh, look, uh, George, does this, like, the NFC wildcard race is wide open. Is Atlanta still a potential threat for that? And based off of what you're saying, I would assume the answer is probably yes. Yeah, the NFC, I mean, man, that's a bleak-looking conference. Like Tom Brady shows up and just all of a sudden, you know, people are fleeing left and right. But that, that division, you know, aside from the Bucs, is kind of in shambles. I mean, there's a, 
you can bet on who the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback is going to be week one. So like that tells you the state there, the Panthers, I'm not worried about. Um, so there, it is wide open and offense wins championships. And this offense has been saddled with subpar play calling, you know, for a while since Kyle Shanahan was there, honestly. And so this is an opportunity for them to get back together. I will say this, though. Their offensive line, you're looking for positive regression, and you need, you need Kyle Pitts not to be a dud year one. You need him to come out and be a weapon. Because if he can, then they still have a really dynamic receiving core. Calvin Ridley, I mean, you know, if you're looking at season-long props or you're drafting, you know, your fantasy team way early, like, man, this guy is all of a sudden going to shoot up there. We have him with the most projected receiving yards now among all uh, wide receivers. So I think from a win total perspective, if you didn't get in early, this is an opportunity now to buy in to the Falcons, as you said, and a better juice. I probably wouldn't be, you know, looking at them as a long shot to win anything major. But, man, for this talented of an offense with Arthur Smith just to win eight games in a 17-win season or maybe to make the playoffs, as you said, with an extra wild card team, um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, and there was a place in town that was actually at seven not too long ago. So I'm I'm curious if this ever dips back down to seven because most spots had gotten to seven and a half. Uh, We got about a minute, George, before uh, you run. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, if you watched him in college, he was a red zone uh, freak of nature. I think he had 43 catches. Twelve of them were touchdowns last year. Uh, The loss of Julio Jones, does that enhance his production this year or does that hurt it because now there's going to be more eyeballs and focus on Kyle Pitts? No, I mean, if you're, if you're thinking about this from, you know, a, either a, a, a season-long prop perspective or a fantasy or best ball perspective, it helps because it increases his opportunity. He's going to get more targets, especially in the red zone, which is a place Julio has never actually graded well. Mm-hmm. So this is a massive opportunity, a massive help for Kyle Pitts. You mentioned the red zone. This guy's also a deep threat. He didn't drop a single pass last year, and his average depth of target was 15 yards downfield. That's nuts. So the opportunity is going to be there. He's kind of a wide receiver anyways. I, I, I love Kyle Pitts. I love him. Yeah, there's uh, not a whole lot not to love uh, about Kyle Pitts. Hey, George, you're the man. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll have a PFF forecast right all summer long, right? <laughs> You better believe it, baby. Even even when we're traveling, we'll be on it. <laughs> All right, there he is, George Shahuri from PFF, uh, under, PFF underscore George on Twitter. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you. We've got halftime in uh, Phoenix, and it has been a fun, competitive game up to this point. The Denver Nuggets into the locker room, 58-57. to 57. We'll look back at all the props, get you updated on everything you need to know, and a second-half line as well. Stick around. It's the nightcap. You're on VEASAN. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony Delisandra. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Second half just about to start in Phoenix, 58-57. The halftime score, so if you're wondering at home, the over caches in the first half, 113.5 was it was, Jeff, 115, your total there. And the Nuggets were, of course, a underdog in the first half at 3.5 here at Circa. Game went off 6, and we've got a one-point lead for the Denver Nuggets. Game has started, but... The second half line was Phoenix minus four, meaning minus three for the game. Uh, you and I, I think, agreed. Uh, probably would take the points. I, I did not bet it. Neither uh, did I. Uh, but I, I probably would have taken the points. So good news for Phoenix Suns fans. You're going to win uh, by a lot. <laughs> no, but you liked Phoenix before the game, though. No. I liked Phoenix before the game. Yeah. yeah. So, so oh. you know, I, I, I'm tra- there's... Yeah, so you know what? I'm I'm trying to figure out a way for you to uh, to lose, <laughs> lose both. both of them. Yeah. Well, they would win by uh, they would win by five. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, just looking at uh, the box score right now, uh, Nikola Jokic, 15 points at the half, seven of 11 from three. So some work to be done um, for your props. Uh, he's got six rebounds and just one assist. So uh, looking if you met the PRA or rebounds, whatever it may be, uh, you're not in terrible shape. Assists, not in great shape. But uh, other than that, decent shape. Michael Porter Jr., once again, we're on Michael Porter Jr. three-pointer watch for producer Aaron Oster. He had two threes, like, right out of the gate. He's still sitting on two threes. So we need uh, we need old MPJ to come home with 
with one more three for our guy Aaron Oster here. Well, remember, MPJ was responsible for one of the most ridiculous player prop beats I, I can remember this year, where uh, it was a late regular season game. I was in with you, Tim, and uh, pro- total pro- uh, point total prop was 20 and a half, and he scored 17 in the first 10 minutes and then didn't score again the rest oh, of the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, 11 points, 8 rebounds so far. Uh, in this one, but it's it's been a great game. It really Very has. Fun. And uh, you know your analysis of this series, you felt like it would go seven. Um, you know, good price. Um, you felt like there was a decent price on Denver. And you know, for you, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. If in fact Phoenix does pull this game off, and we get a significant shift in the series price, um, it would it would be hard not to to fire away on Denver. Just the way this game has played out so far. I mean, it, it is. It is of the feeling that it is a very, very close, uh, close game, and right now the lid is on the hoop for oh, the Suns. I, Jake Crowder missed the basket by about seven feet. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I just he's he, shooting in this postseason, except for game Rain six, has been so bad, so so I'm, bad. Yeah, but he can dance. He can dance. He can do this. Also, by the way, um, <laughs> you know, congrats to uh, Mitch Moss who had it. Uh, Tom yep. Thibodeau. Does bring home coach of the year, and I disagree. I think it should have been Monty Williams. And the the crazy part is the total point value that Tom Thibodeau won by was 11. He had 351 points. Monty Williams had 340. Monty Williams had 45 first-place votes. Tom Thibodeau had 43. But because it's value and on your uh, total points and because on your um, uh, ballot, you do first, second, and third, Jeff. Monty Williams only had 32 second-place votes, Thibodeau 42, so it looks like the Western Conference might have split the difference with Quinn Snyder, kind of like we've seen sometimes with Heisman trophies, and Monty Williams, despite having more first-place votes, does not win Coach of the Year. It goes to Tom Thibodeau. He wins it by just a hair. I have no problem with Thibodeau winning the award. No, I don't either. No, 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 no. I, I just think Monty Williams. I, I, I'm, I'm in the same camp as you. Yeah, I I'm think in the he same should. camp. Prob- it's Monty not a prob- travesty right, that he exactly. Monty shouldn't. Monty, to me, if I was voting, Monty would have been one. Tibbs would have been two. Sure. Snyder would have been three. Yes, yeah, that, that would have been how I, I, I did it, and I think that was a pretty common ballot actually. And in the end, you look at the, uh, the, the, uh, the ballot. It's pretty funny where. A team that was not expected to get the one seed in the Eastern Conference in Philadelphia with a new head coach, obviously, in Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers' two first-place votes ended up making a difference here. Oh, yeah. Because if those two went to Monty, Monty wins pretty easily, actually. If they went to Thibodeau, the margin uh, uh, get, gets lengthened. But look, in the end, this the books did not adjust on Tibbs quickly enough because there were 20-to-1s and 30-to-1s still around in April. Which should never have happened. I'm just happy for our coworkers who were able to cash a pretty, pretty hefty ticket. Uh, I didn't have a dog in the fight. Uh, I would have picked Monty Williams, but I'm happy for our colleagues here at Vison who were able to cash a Tom Thibodeau Coach of the Year. Woo! Denver starting to separate itself up nine right now. Also, we'll take a look at the other Western Conference series next, right here on the Nightcap.
new feature at vsin.com. Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting edge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vsin.com. It is the nightcap here on vsin. Nuggets up six right now, 72 to 66. And uh, breaking news, sound the alarm. Jeff Parles has fired away yeah. on the Nuggets and Suns. Yeah, what do you I, got I, I took over 218 and a half uh, in the middle of uh, one of the lulls in the middle of, the, uh, of this uh, third quarter. I'm curious to see what the number is now. I feel like I should be basically right on said number. Have it's they two twenty one and a half okay, here at so Circa? I'm, so I'm ahead. Uh, the, the computer, the the, the automated one is two twenty two and a half. So I am ahead uh, regardless of whatever number it is. Uh, uh, again, the pace has been quick, and this is kind of playing in Denver's style more than Phoenix's style so far. Where De- Phoenix is getting a lot of good looks. Phoenix is just not knocking down. Denver's still playing relatively quickly offensively and. They're very efficient offensively, as we know. So Nikola Jokic now with 20 points, two threes in this game. He's pretty good. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. with 12. Four starters for the Nuggets in double figures with Gordon. He has 10, uh, so close to his over prop of 11.5. And, and Compazzo already over as he has 11 points there for the Denver Nuggets. Looking at the Phoenix Suns, uh, Mikael Bridges with 18 points. Uh, so that cash is with ease for you. DeAndre Ayton, we're hoping to get to uh, at least 14 as he's got 11 and 8 rebounds. And uh, we talked about that double-double, too. Like that a little bit. You like Chris Paul double-double right now, sitting with 7 assists and 5 points still. So uh, need some assist work there. Midway through the third quarter, a 6-point lead for the Nuggets, who were 4-point second-half underdogs and right now on the live line here at Circa, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in-game. So if you took the four at the half, really meaning plus three for the game, uh, you were in, uh, you're in decent shape so far to start this second half as it is a six-point Nuggets lead as they have outscored the Suns out of the gates 14-9 to in the third quarter. Coming up tomorrow, Jeff, we get Jazz and Clippers. And the series price, not a surprise, pretty much everywhere is... Is the same. Uh, we'll show you the series price here uh, from Bet Rivers. Jazz minus 130, Clippers plus 105. Different spots in town in Las Vegas. Uh, here, for instance, at the Circa, Jazz minus 130, Clips plus 110. Uh, the South Point, I just checked, Jazz minus 125, Clips plus 105. So if you like the Jazz, there's a little bit of better numbers out there. Uh, I think the best price you're going to find is the Clippers at plus 110. Um, is that are either one of those numbers, Jeff, intriguing to you enough to take a bite? I'm very aggravated with myself on this, Tim. Okay. Because yesterday, while I was hosting Bet Center with our guys Josh Towers and Greg Peterson, the numbers started populating the market, and the Clippers were as high as plus 135, mm. which felt too steep. And the betters, of course, have bet this thing down to what I think is a pretty fair price at plus 105, plus 110 in most spots on the Los Angeles, on the L.A. Clippers. They're not the Los Angeles Clippers anymore. They're just the L.A. Clippers. Uh, but, look, I, this series, I would have, 
if I was pr- making the odds, I would have made a minus 125, minus or, or minus 125 Utah, plus 105 Clippers. So the number at Bet MGM or Bet Rivers is just about right. Yeah. Uh, for what it is. I think the Clippers are going to win this series. I think just getting over the mental hurdle of the way that series against Dallas went, where no one won a home game until Game 7, and the Clippers actually were the team that held serve at home, which it would have, wouldn't have shocked me at all if they blew that Game 7 at home, and I even took Dallas in-game thinking that would be a Dallas. Uh, Dallas would tighten it, and they never did. But the big question about this series, more than anything, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, what is Mike Conley's health? Yep. He's questionable for game one. If Mike Conley is hampered, the Clippers should win this series. If Mike Conley is healthy, then this is a really intriguing seven-game series where no result would surprise me. And with how Utah looked once Donovan Mitchell came back, Utah, that, that series was never in doubt after Mitchell came back. Memphis won game one, obviously. Game two, Utah controlled it. And when they needed it in Game 3, which was by far the most impressive result in that series against Memphis, when Memphis had the big run, took the lead with under six minutes to go, and Utah just said, nah this ain't happening tonight. We're winning this game, and slammed the door immediately on Memphis. That showed me a lot. I still like the Clippers to win this series, but it would not shock me one bit if Utah, as the one seed with the best record in the NBA, holds serve throughout and wins this series in seven. Well, that game three, you mentioned Mike Conley had seven three-pointers in mm-hmm. that game. So, um, yeah, that's probably a why I won't bet this pre-series. Um, I can't trust the Clippers. Are you kidding me? I, that's, that's a totally fair assessment. I mean, I, 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 I can't trust that team at all. I bet them a couple times in that series. Um, you know, bet them in game two. That was wrong. But then bet them a couple times, uh, you know, bet them in game three, bet them in game five. I think game six, actually. Oh, yeah, when we were on the air. Uh, and they were able to win that game. So, um, look, Kawhi has played out of his mind. He, he's been absolutely tremendous. Um, and and Paul George hasn't been awful. Um, you know, I, I would like more from him. But I think the biggest thing for the Clippers, and if you are going to play the Clippers, and I, I don't blame anybody, you know, talent alone, is you actually got contributions from Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. They were hitting big threes. Um, Ty Lue didn't play Zubac. Hey, how about that? And they actually won games when they don't play Zubac, who is an absolute liability on the floor. I don't know if you're going to get the, the magical Luke Kennard game like you got uh, in Game 7 where he gets dusted off the shelf and he's banging threes, hit three threes. Um, but I, I, I love what we've seen from Utah as, as a team. Um, and I, I know people have been out there kind of questioning them and and how good are they um what i saw from them in that memphis series i I was really impressed you know royce o'neill continues to play really well uh bogdanovich is is a is a legit scorer but it, it does go back to the health of mike conley and how much and and where has joe ingles been I mean, he's been the one piece that has been missing in action so far. I mean, this far. is a guy that was, what, runner-up? Runner-up for, for sixth man, six of, the man year. of the year. Even and, though he's the seventh man. And he, this, in, in the series against Memphis, games one and two, 11 and 14, three, two, and zero. Yeah. Where did he go? I, well, he needs to, you need a, hey, Joe, we need you for this series. So that is a big question. We'll find out more about this Clippers Grizzlies series, Travis Rogers from ESPN LA will join us next right here on the Nightcap.
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray with you. Make sure to download the iHeart app or the VEASAN app. Listen to every show on the network for free. And just in a blink of an eye, the Phoenix Suns have the lead. 19-2 to two run here, Jeff. 16-0 as well right Woo! now. So, uh, look, uh, Phoenix team's really good, guys. And and I, I, I'll say this, Tim, and, and it just kind of goes back to a discussion before the playoffs because – you and I are in the same camp where I think we both wanted to take Phoenix pre-tournament yep. to win the Western Conference, but neither of us could get there because we hated the matchup against the Lakers. And through three and a half games, we were proven right. Yep. And the last two and a half, Phoenix dominated the Lakers with AD injured and not playing, and LeBron clearly not 100%. And now Phoenix is uh, in the midst of a massive run. And Oh, and by the way, Shocking that this has happened. Mikael Bridges is pretty darn good at basketball, where the fact that we didn't see him for a good portion of that Lakers series made no sense. 
And Bridges has been Phoenix's best player so far today. Got 20 points tonight, and uh, DeAndre Ayton, 14 points. So. You, need, you need a half, Tim. Oh, I need it. Is that what it closed at, 14 and a half? All right. Uh, so we'll wait for that half to Bradshaw, come Actually, you're good. It was 13 By the way, Circa, uh, live line right now, minus seven for the Suns. So it was just plus two and a half just a moment ago. Let's bring in Travis Rogers. Travis, uh, I'm sure, as Travis hosts from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific each and every weekday on ESPN 710, um, I got to imagine the majority of your discussions right now on your show and on your station are about the Lakers. But let's start with the uh, the uh, the redheaded stepchild that is the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> How do you see this series playing out? I go back and forth. We were just having a discussion. I would bet the Jazz to win this series if you told me Mike Conley's healthy, but I don't know that, so I'm staying away. Uh, what's your feelings on how this series plays out? Yeah, it's it's interesting because every time you start to think that the Clippers are going to do something, they Clipper. Right. You know, they just they they just cannot get out of their own way. I mean, it, until I see them do it, I'm kind of skeptical that they're going to do it. I thought when they came out and fell in that 0-2 hole to, to Dallas, I thought that was them doing what they do all over again, and then they evened it up, and then they fell behind again. So. I'm completely inside out on the Clippers right now. They're clearly the better team, I think. I mean, as good as Utah has been, I think the Clippers, when when they're playing well, you know, you saw what Kawhi did the last couple of games. Paul George seems to be a little bit more comfortable in the playoffs than he was last year. Um, yeah, I, I think the Clippers are in a really good spot, but I, I would be very, very reluctant to, to jump in with both feet on them, having seen what they've done so many times in the past. If the Clippers get past this series against Utah, and I know that's a big if. Of the matchup that's going on the other side of the bracket, right now Phoenix leading Denver by four uh, late in the third quarter, which of, those, which of those teams would present a better matchup for the Clippers between Denver and Phoenix? I think Phoenix would, just because, uh, you know, the fact that um, – I, I think that Phoenix's inexperience ultimately will catch up to them a little bit. And Utah's not terribly experienced either. But when you look at Chris Paul, he's really kind of the only guy that's been through this a handful of times. Jay Crowder was in the finals last year with Miami. But, you know, their best player is Devin Booker. And as good as he is and as hot as he's been against the Lakers, these games get bigger and bigger and more and more difficult. And you've got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who just is a flatliner. You know, he just doesn't get he doesn't get worked up about anything. You look at a guy like that, so... I think that's a pretty good matchup for the for the Clippers. You, you, Utah, um, you know, you, Utah's so big. That's the problem with Gobert. He changes everything um, with just, just with his size. And they've got, like you said, Conley has some health issues. But Donovan Mitchell's a pretty scary guy. So if I was picking an easier path for the Clippers, I'd pick the Sun. We're talking to Travis Rogers, host on ESPN LA, ESPN 710, weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific time. And... Just when you, I don't know how much you caught, Travis, of the Nets earlier today. And I've been very skeptical of the Nets. You know, everyone's crowning them. And we've seen this, right? We saw it year one in Miami. Everyone crowns the Heat. They lose to the Mavericks. We saw it, um, you know, we've seen it with the Clippers last year. Everyone crowns the Clippers. And they bow out uh, meekly in the the second round of the playoffs, up three games to one. (laughs) And I... Watching, you know, the Clippers and, and Utah and, and, and all these teams, I just don't know who beats that team four times. So do you from what you've seen in the Western Conference this year, who do you think is the best team to maybe challenge a Brooklyn team that right now offensively just seems like an absolute juggernaut? 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think there is one. I, I think you know may, maybe it's the Clippers if you had to pick somebody just because they have Kawhi. But I, I don't see anybody that's beating Brooklyn if they're healthy. You know, we're watching a little bit last night even without James Harden, they just took apart Milwaukee. Um, I don't think there's anybody in the East that's going to give them a run. Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right now. When you got a guy like Kyrie Irving who's a second banana, when you get some uh, some other guys like Griffin, looks like he's kind of found a fountain of youth all of a sudden. He looks like he's got some spring back in his legs. I. You know, I thought the I thought the one team that could give them a hard time was the Lakers, and you know they're they're out. So you know they weren't healthy. They didn't look very good even when they were you know healthier, I guess, along the way. But no, unless something really weird happens, and it would probably have to happen to Kevin Durant. I don't see anybody beat Brooklyn. Travis, uh, to just go back uh, to the Lakers real quick. Obviously, we we all know what happened at this point, and uh, and some off season decisions looming. For the Lakers, do we just chalk this up, obviously, to AD got hurt, LeBron wasn't 100%, Phoenix is really good, and the Lakers mm-hmm. will be back to them being a, a, a title favorite or second favorite to Brooklyn going into next year? I, I think that's the question that the Lakers and all the Laker fans out here are trying to figure out. I, I think that's the easy explanation. I think that that's the most comforting explanation is that you know, the Lakers had a 70-day offseason. From the time that they won a championship in the bubble to the time they started their next season, they had 71 days. That's not very much time. AD goes down. LeBron goes down. The pieces without those guys don't look very good. They come back. They're not quite. You, you can, you can kind of sell yourself on that if you, if you really want to. The problem is LeBron, and, and, and this is the worst-case scenario for Laker fans, and I've been dreading this because it happens to everybody. Once a guy gets hurt for the first time, especially at an age of LeBron James is 36 years old, 18 years in the league, we saw with Kobe Bryant, they don't come back and look the same. So I'm not saying that he's not going to be LeBron James. I'm just saying that there's a possibility he might. Anthony Davis, God only knows what he's going to bring to the court. When, when Anthony Davis is right, the Lakers are almost impossible to beat. But he's not right nearly often enough. So the scarier situation is LeBron is aging and hurt. He doesn't come back and ever look like he looks prior. He never looks like LeBron James again. Anthony Davis is in and out of the lineup. And you got to try to convince people to come play with an aging superstar on one guy, a kind of fragile one on the other. How do you sell that? I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, you know The Lakers are an appealing team. It's LA. That's an appeal. There, there's a lot of things that you can do, but... I don't know if it's as easy as, hey, nothing broke our way. Let's just run it back and see what happens next year. LeBron will be in his 19th season. AD is coming off of more injuries. The supporting cast is not very good. Who do you bring back? Who do you let go? they got a million questions to deal with. Yeah, there's no doubt as we talk to Travis Rogers. Travis, uh, man, the heat coming off of, uh, of the hot takes uh, when, when LeBron and the Lakers lose in, in the first round were, were, were quite impressive. I mean, not surprising. Um, I think my favorite one, uh, and sadly it got deleted, was this is what happens when LeBron comes to town. He trades away pieces, and you know, and I'm like, they won a title eight months ago. Um, I, yeah, did any? I, I would I would ask them to say that a year ago. Yeah, right. right? When, when 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 all those other guys were out there going whatever it was, you know, forty and sixty or whatever their records were. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Lakers got the better end of that. Whatever happens next, we'll see. But you know, I, the, only the Lakers, and this always cracks me up because as somebody that grew up here in L.A. and, and was, you know, a kid when the Showtime 80s were doing, the, the Lakers in the 80s, the Showtime Lakers were doing their thing, only the Lakers win a championship and immediately start worrying about when the next one is coming. It is, it is exclusively a Laker thing. So the Lakers win it last year. 
They had some bad luck this year. They do have some questions they need to ask. But, no, you, I mean, you make that deal a thousand times out of a thousand. Those guys are okay. The New Orleans Pelicans have still never won more games than they lost since making that trade. Julius Randle turned back into Julius Randle in the playoffs. I, I don't miss any of those guys out here. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, <laughs> the goal is to win championships, folks, and they won a championship. Right. And I, I know it was in the bubble and it was weird, but uh, they still won the rather easily, the by the way. They, they won it rather <laughs> yeah, easily, yeah. too. It wasn't that hard. All right, Travis, before we let you run, I, I know you uh, you know, you know, do pre and post for the Rams. Uh, just curious your mm-hmm. thoughts, and, and uh, we got about 90 seconds with the Stafford acquisition, is this team the class of the NFC West? Uh, a lot of people are, are certainly high on, on San Francisco getting health uh, back for them. Yeah, I think that the Rams are probably the team to beat. I think that the Rams are the only NFL team I can remember in the last decade or so who going into the playoffs – their weakest position was the quarterback spot. And that's what the Rams were last year, that the Rams were really good on offense minus Jared Goff. They had the best defense in the NFL. Obviously, you got Jalen Ramsey, you got Aaron Donald. That's a great jumping off point. The one thing they needed to do address was better quarterback play. And, you know, I, I'm a believer in that Matt Stafford was not the problem in Detroit, that it was everything else there. And, and hopefully I'm right. Hopefully he comes out here and looks like the, the pro bowler that he's been, because if he's just pretty good, he doesn't have to be great. He just needs to be pretty good. If they're pretty good with everything else they do and the way that Sean McVay runs his offense, they're going to beat a lot of people. He's Travis Rogers. Check him out each and every weekday from 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific on 710 ESPN, also ESPN la.com and uh yeah used to follow follow uh i wouldn't say me followed a, a show that i used to be a part of so it's uh good to catch up with you travis my nice. thanks for having me on guys appreciate it there he is travis rogers uh from espn 710 how about the phoenix suns just in a blink of an eye now a double digit lead jeff I, very impressive run and, and also too shutting down denver's high quality offense uh, a lot of turnovers for the Nuggets here in this second half, and Phoenix taking full advantage. DeAndre Ayton, get that double-double. Chris Paul, nine assists, getting close to a little cash in that uh, that prop. What was he going to say? Prop uh, recommendation. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the way, Jeff, that's the way to that go, Jeff yeah. prop recommendation pregame. It is the nightcap. We'll get you caught up on everything you need to know. Denver, Phoenix, next right here on VEASAN. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.